So, we, yes, we do have a guest speaker, if Claudia can come up so long. Um, the first time I met Claudio, we had coffee. You guys know I like coffee. So Kent, myself, and Claudio had coffee. And um, we were speaking and thinking, how can we connect together and move forward with young adults from two different churches? And here he is. I don't know if you thought of that, but here he is tonight. So from there, this was about a year ago. And um, it was such a privilege. The other night, Pastor Luis said to me, do you know another young adults pastor in another church that can preach here? I'm like, yes, it's so cool. And here he is. So it's a privilege to have Claudio with us. Claudio is married, just saying. <laughs> because he is handsome. So if you were thinking, it's fine. You can stop thinking. You can just listen to the sermon. But yeah, Claudio, what I like about him, I, was, I had the privilege to preach at Choose Life for a couple of weeks back. And um, I saw Claudio love on his people. So I really appreciated that heart. And I believe that's the heart that's going to come across tonight as well. What he says, he says from a place of love. So can I pray for you? Father, thank you for this amazing man of God that stands before us tonight that's going to give the word. I pray that you'll anoint him, that you'll bless him as he speaks, Lord. Thank you that your favor is on him for him to speak tonight. And we open our spiritual ears to hear from you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Hello, everyone. It's nice to be here. Um, before I start, I'd like to just say one thing about Gideon. Uh, I said it at, uh, at Choose Life as well when he was there, but um, the one thing that I get from Gideon, and I, I hope to one day get that or acquire it in my life too, is that he's a contagious Christian. He's one of those people that when you, when you see his love for the Lord and you see his love for other people, you go, I want that. Um, so to have him as someone who comes and he ministers to you guys, it's just such an awesome privilege. So thank you for, for having me. Um, and I've learned so much already just from our, our very few interactions. Cool. So... To get you guys, I want to introduce myself a little bit. Most people struggle with my name, so yes, it is foreign, and it's okay if you mispronounce it. That, that's fine. I'm used to that. Um, and it is Portuguese, all right? And no, uh, you know, against popular belief, we don't just eat peri-peri chicken. Okay. <laughs> when we want to change it up, we have chicken. So, <laughs> all right. So... Tonight, I want to speak about how we are invited to life. God invites us to life. He, and if I were to change a little bit in terms of the, the, uh, the topic or the sermon title, I would change it in this way. I would say, God invites us to life, and then I would put a squared by life. And you'll see why I do that in a minute. But before I get into the Word, I always want to operate from a place that it's not me, it's God. So I just want to quickly pray. Thank you, Father, that we can be here and we can spend time in your presence. Thank you, Lord, that this time of worship was just such an amazing time where you encountered each person here. You had an appointment with each person here. And I pray, Father, that as, as we now go into the Word, that you will come and you speak. That it will be inspired by you and that it's your Holy Spirit coming and moving here. I pray, Father, that you will reveal to us something from your Word, each and every one of us, that when we leave here we will be encouraged in, with regards to that invitation that you have given us. In Jesus' name, amen. So, 
God invites each of us to life, and I want to give a small little snippet. So for the guys, you're going to be multitasking tonight. There's going to be two threads occurring. The one thread is going to be what happened in my life. The second thread is going to be what God says and how those two come together. Um, it's okay if you can't multitask. I'll do most of that for you, for the men. Uh, for the girls, you'll be more than okay. So short testimony with, with this. So when I started, when I was younger, I, you wouldn't catch me dead speaking in front of people. In fact, in school, you probably wouldn't realize if I wasn't in class because you didn't realize I was there in the first place. I was very quiet, very timid. Um, it was just I was afraid of doing things. And when I, I see, if I look back, the reason that was, it was I hadn't responded to the invite that God had given in my life. I was still in the process of responding, and what was happening is I was operating from a place where I wasn't living in the calling that God has given me, I was living in the calling that I thought I had, and I didn't think I had much of a calling, so I wasn't doing, doing anything, and as a result, I was too afraid to step out and do things for fear of failure. You can't fail if you don't try. And so that was what, where I came from. I came from a place that I did not think that God could use me, nor did I think even that He could love me. And a lot of us have that. So that was the beginning. That's where, where this is going to start. And I'm, coming, I'm going to share tonight regarding that. I want you to understand that when we respond to God's invite, He changes and transforms our life and he transforms other people's lives through ours. It's something that's powerful. It's something that's amazing. And I would, I would hope that if anything, so guys, if you're still paying attention, if you remember one thing, it's that God has invited you to a roller coaster journey with him. Life with God is exciting and it's never mundane and it changes both your life and other people's lives. So I want to start reading just. Two, two short scriptures. The one, I think everyone can quote it back to me, but I won't test you. It's John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And the second scripture is Romans 6.23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. It's against this backdrop that I want to begin to share. God has given us eternal life. But it's funny how when we, when we think of eternal life, we tend to think of it on a ticket basis. It's a ticket to heaven. It's one day for when that happens, when, and we hope it's a long time, most of us, um, that when we go, we go to heaven, and we've got this ticket, and we approach everything we do with that ticket basis. And I want to, to share with you that on the basis of this scripture, eternal life starts when you, when you accept Christ. Eternal life has already started for you. So what are you doing with it? Are you waiting for a good time to do something? Or are you already living this eternal life? So many times we wait. I think, of, um, I think of when you go and visit people. Have you noticed they really have really cool cutlery and crockery and all that? They only took that out because it's a special occasion. Someone's coming to visit. Okay? And I, I know someone that um, this is actually a little bit of a, of a sad story in that 
they had passed away and they didn't have any family. So what they did was they donated everything they had to a particular person that they really liked in the church. So now it was his responsibility to go and look through this, this person's house and just sift through the things that everything was his now. And he was looking and he got to this one cupboard and he got to the top and he saw there were these boxes. So he took them, took them out, opened them up and there were these unused crockery sets, very, very expensive crockery sets, completely unused. And so many times we do that with our calling that God has invited us. He's invited us to life with Him, but we're like, it's only for a special occasion. It's only when something else happens. It's only when I see a hand writing on the wall or when there's thunder and lightning and we don't live eternal life now. So not only has Christ died on the cross for our sin, but He rose again in victory, and He's given us that victory. So not only have we received eternal life as a result of this, but we have received it in abundance. I want to read to you John 10 verse 10. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy but I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. And that is why if I were to edit the topic, I were to add the squared. Not only has he given us eternal life and that we, we're going to be with him for eternity, but he has also given us a mandate where we can live life now and start to expand the kingdom of heaven, start showing other people what, have, what he has done in our life. And I got ahead of myself, so I just need to skip past those notes. <laughs> so the one thing that I, that I think is awesome is that he is the way, the truth, and the life, right? So he has given us the truth. And as a result of that, we can live in His way. And as a result of that, our life can be impactful. So when we start to operate in the truth, we start to be able to change our ways, and we start to be able to live our life in accordance to His Word. And this is the one thing that I've been noticing. God has given me, so you can see I'm, a bit of, I'm, I'm challenged with sight, right? So he's given me new lenses that I read the Bible through. And this is the one thing I've started to see about the Bible. His, his word to us isn't just the basic instruction before leaving earth. Lots of people like, like that one, right? It's not just uh, really cool things that encourage us. It's not any of that. It is all of that, but it's more. It's more than that. It's a call to action. If you go look at what happens in that book, it's always to do with action. It's never to do with being idle. Even when we rest in the Lord, it's action. We're putting our things down so that we can rest in Him. So God has invited us to a life, to life with Him and through the person of Jesus. He was continually inviting us to life. If you go look in the Word, Jesus was always inviting people to something, and He was always inviting us to life. And life with Him has many consequences. Here are a few of them. Freedom from sin, rest for our souls, 
fellowship with Christ. And there's so much more than that. And I encourage you, if you ever saw, if you ever saw the Word as just something, that, a book that tells us facts or a book that tells us stories of things that happened, I want to encourage you to delve deeper into the Word. Go read those Scriptures again and read it from the perspective that it's God inviting you to life with Him. Life with Him is exciting. And I've mentioned already that I, I like to say that life with God is a roller coaster ride because you never know what's coming, and it's normally scary for you, but you're laughing when it's happening or afterwards, depending on who you are. Um, some people faint. It's okay. Um, <laughs> as long as you're not recorded and put on YouTube, all is good. So <laughs> life with Him will always be better. And, we're and if we're going at it by our devices, we'll always fall short of what he has planned for our life. Okay. If we take a look at all the different incredible miracles that happened, they only happened because people were acting upon what God told them to. I like this one particular story. I like it because it took place in an insignificant venue and it, used, it looked like it was going to be seemingly insignificant as well. And it's a story of when Jesus turns water into wine. And if you go look there, that story, imagine, put yourself in the, in the shoes of, 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 the, of the people who, who went to him. So first, Mary comes to, comes to Jesus and says, they don't have wine. You need to sort this out. And he's, he tells him, I'm paraphrasing into 21st century, okay? So he tells, he tells her that, no, this isn't my problem. Why are you coming to me? Okay? So then she'll say, she turns to them and says, just do what he says. And she walks away. So he tells them. Now put, your, put yourself in their shoes. He tells them, go get those jars and I'm going to put a little highlight here. Those jars were used only for washing of hands. They weren't ceremonial jars. They were insignificant. You would not expect wine to be poured from them. So go and fetch those jars, put water in them, and then go and serve it to the, to the guests. Imagine if you were those guys. You just put water in this, and you're going to pour it as if it's wine. They must have been trembling. So they go, and they put... They, they, take, they, they take it and they draw the water and they see it's not water, it's wine now. And not only did it turn into wine, but it also, he, they went to the couple and they said that most people put out their good wine in the beginning to impress. And then when no one can really tell the difference, then they bring out the other wine. And you guys did it the other way around. So what can we take from this story? Life with God can be scary. Oftentimes, we do things that don't make sense, but it's always better than if we were to do it on our own steam. So when he invites us to life, he invites us to more than what we can think or dream of. He's an all-powerful God, and that's why it's a roller coaster ride. So I encourage you, as you spend time alone with him, start practicing this. Humble yourself. Because he will raise you up. More scary moments will happen, but he will raise you up. And you want the scary. Scary is fun. <laughs> so Jesus performed miracles when people acted in faith. 
and our faith is shown when we step out and act. We have become accustomed to using prayer as a crutch. So I'm saying prayer is action, but what we have, we have used it in, a, in an incorrect way, I'm going to say. And this is what we do. We use it as a crutch so that we don't have to go out and act. So then we pray this prayer. Let's see if maybe you've prayed it before. Lord, your will be done. <laughs> so, yeah, it's only me, hey? <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> I'll prepare better next time. Um, <laughs> your will be done. And we make it as vague as possible so that whatever, can, whatever happens, it's a testimony. Look at God's goodness. And then instead of going to the insignificant jars, pouring water in them, stepping out, and going where it may be scary, and God's telling you to go, and you think, no, 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 God, I don't want to, no, and then you go there. I'm reminded of a story of an evangelist. He told God, I will evangelize in South Africa, but nowhere, nowhere else, no, no neighboring countries. So his call to evangelism was in a neighboring country. Then he says, okay, God, it's okay if it's a neighboring country, as long as it's not middle or upper Africa. Then he got called to North Africa. Then he's like, continent of Africa, okay. Anything else, not going, I don't want that. So he got called to China. So he goes there. Then he... <laughs> Do you see what God does? Life with God is exciting. As Christians, we become really good at doing and attending events. We come to church, which is a good thing. I encourage that. But then we go... Wow, that word, preach, sermon, insert appropriate word that you used to describe whoever was speaking was very convicting. And then we go home and we forget what the person said, nor do we apply it in our lives. So, <laughs> I want to share two scriptures with you. Acts eleven twenty three. When he came and he had seen the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged them all that with purpose of heart they should continue with the Lord. I want to focus on that first part there. First part, when he came and he had seen the grace of God, he saw God's grace. When we think of grace, we think of, at least I'm not going to hell, we think of the fact that it's a ticket to heaven. But God's grace is also his empowerment. His empowerment for us to do what we couldn't do on our own strength. It's an outward expression of what has happened inside our heart. So I'm reminded now of a quote. I, for a long time, would say this is a quote by Andy Stanley. Then I realized I misquoted him and it became my quote. Um, <laughs> that ministry <laughs> is... So, okay, frame of thought. Remember the quote I made up uh, by misquoting. Okay, ministry is one undeserving sinner sharing with an un other undeserving sinner what has happened in their life, what God has done in their life. 
So the second verse is 2 Corinthians 2, verses 1 through to 5. And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not the persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So Paul is saying, I'm a pretty sucky public speaker. I didn't come to you as a good public speaker. I came to you in the power of the Spirit. I didn't come to impress you with fancy words. I came to show you what God can do. And there's this, there's this one person, I really like this statement. He says, show up so God can show off. And so many times what we do is we limit what God can do due to our insecurities, our fears, and our limitations. But God, with life with God is so much more than what we can do. You can't be in a roller coaster if you're controlling it. It's not scary then. So, to share more with that testimony, there was a point, I think I was about 22 or so, and uh, someone came to me and they shared a word, uh, a vision that they had for me and what it meant. So, I'm going to share this vision for you because it's in line with what I'm speaking about. And this, this was the, the vision. They saw me at a subway stop. And they saw me watch each train come through. And then when, they saw the, when I saw the train, they saw that I would want to go into the train, but I was afraid what was going to happen. So I let the train go through because I didn't know if it was going to the right place. So the next one would come. And I would also, with trepidation, look at this train and go, is this the one? Isn't this the one? And then I wouldn't get on and I'd let it go through. And then he told me that God is telling me that I'm so busy and so worried about doing things perfectly that I'm never going to get off the subway station. I'm not moving. And that started to get me thinking. If I don't follow what God is telling me to do now, I, I try to make things simple. I do the keep it simple, stupid thing. Okay, so I'm not that clever, so I do, the, I do that. And I, I just, if I don't do what God is telling me to do now, okay, or let me do it the other way around first. If I do what God is telling me to do now, and then for the next moment, and then for the next moment, and for the next moment, I'm going to be in His will. Okay, but the converse is true. That if I don't do what God is telling me to do, I am robbing someone else from experiencing God in their life. It is an opportunity for them to experience something about who He is and how He loves them, and they're no longer experiencing that. So when we're too busy playing Christian, playing church, attending events, thinking of eternal life as a ticket into heaven, we are not allowing other people to experience who God is. So going back to my misquoted quote, that ministry is one undeserving sinner sharing with another undeserving sinner what God has done in their life. 
So, moving forward a little bit. With that testimony as well. So it was at first, I was so, so in the background that people would forget that I'm not there if I wasn't there or that I was originally there. Then I wouldn't step out because I was too afraid to step out. And then it started, then I started to experience cool things. And I don't really actually have enough time to share all of them. But I'm going to share a couple of them just to encourage you. I started to slowly step out to do things. And one of them that I remember looking back, I sort of laugh at myself because I can't believe that happened. But so here I was, I was in a hospital, I was in a moon boot, I couldn't walk, and I was going for x-rays. And God told me to pray for a person in a cast for healing. So I'm like, but okay. So I go to them and I start praying and I, I, I don't know what to do. I'm sort of a novice at this. So I pray a very simple prayer. I ask them, do you know God? Do you believe in God? You know, yes, okay, God's holding my back here. It's easier. Um, <laughs> then I say, can I pray for you? Okay, sure. So remember, they're in a cast. So I'm, <laughs> I, hold, I put my hand on the cast, and I start praying for them. And I pray for complete healing. I pray that when they go and get x-rays now done, that there will be nothing wrong. So then I go and sit down very awkwardly, thinking I'm in a moon boot. Um, <laughs> and then they go in, and for some reason, my, my name just didn't get called out. They came walking out, guys. Walking out. Another quick testimony. Long story short, I fell short of skill, and I had a face plant with a mountain bike. And... <laughs> Hospital, many jokes later, I get into hospital, and then I overhear that now my, it's called your, it's the top, top bone that holds your head to your spine is called the atlas, and I hear that, that, it's, that it's cracked. So now I, I pray to God, and I ask God, Lord, I, at first I humbled myself because I realized the accident was actually all my fault. I thought I was better than what I was. Um, <laughs> So, Lord, I humble myself, and I'm sorry that I was so proud. And if there's any way that you would forgive me enough that you would heal this, please heal it. So then they were concerned about how bad this fracture is and what, what, will, it, what will it require. So they took the x-ray from another angle, and then they couldn't see a fracture. So then they thought, no, this is strange. So they went back and they took it from the same angle that they saw the fracture the first time, and there was no fracture. Life with God is exciting. We need to realize that we aren't called to be sit-around Christians. We are His hands and feet. We need to go out and do His work. We are to be mobile and cause change. Many times, though, what happens is, and what's stopping us from causing change, is what we believe or what we want, our dreams. Because our dreams are so much smaller than God's dreams. So I had a dream. I had a dream of working with elite athletes as a biokineticist. I studied, I got good marks, I didn't get selected. So I did another honors degree. And while doing that honors degree, I hoped that in the next year, I could apply and get selected. 
Now, our degree was a fairly small degree, so I knew that the people that got selected the first time around had lower marks than I did, because we knew we were 80 people. Everyone knew each other's marks. <laughs> then the second time around, I didn't get selected again. And I thought, what's happening? And one of my lecturers told me, he just came to me and said, stop applying, you're never going to get in. So I thought, what on earth? <laughs> so I decided, it's fine. I know I'm good at what I do, so I'm going to start training people. And it was interesting because I went to various different sporting clubs in various dif different sports or sporting disciplines, and they all liked what I did. None of them were, however, willing to pay me for what I did. <laughs> I don't know how that works. So, <laughs> so I, went, I went a year where then I thought, okay, I won't do the, the athlete thing. What I will do then is I will train normal people in just whatever, whatever they, their goal is. And I had a few clients, half of which were very cool friends that felt pity for me and decided to be, to be trained by little old me. And I appreciate each one of them. Um, <laughs> so then that started happening. And this was a year. So a little subtext. Six months into this, someone came to me and said, would you like to work as a youth coach in a high school? And I quickly told them off. I said, no, no, I want to work with elite athletes in a sporting environment, and I'm starting up a business, and one day I'll make it big enough that I can do what I want to do. So six months later, of everyone liking what I do and not paying me, I went back to this person and said, do you still have that job? <laughs> and they said, yes, because each person that was being interviewed, they never had peace with them. You see, sometimes what the blessing we want is not the blessing God wants to give us because the blessing we want is smaller than the blessing God wants to give us. So I then went through that job. It was very humble beginnings. I remember for the first three months, eventually I could quote this scripture verse so well, do not despise small beginnings. Life with God tends to take a different route to what we wanted to take. Life with God is always more exciting. The end goal with God is always bigger. And when I started to do that and just be faithful in the small as I started out there, what started to happen is he started to show me that my heart wasn't to work with elite athletes because I thought that was because I liked sport and I liked helping people. So you put the two together, you like helping elite athletes. What my heart was, I loved to help people. And then he started to show me that actually my heart was to show people his love. So how does this change in your life occur? How do you go from living a substandard, mediocre human life to living a life filled with abundance? A life of excitement with God and a life of crazy stories where you see Him come through for you when you can, you, there can only be Him. So I want to read to you this scripture. James 1, 21 and 22. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. 
when you start to do what God tells you to do now, your life will change. And other people's lives too. It's a very simple thing. And I'm not here to wow you with complicated words. But simply to share with you that if you allow God to infiltrate and permeate your life, your life will change and other people's lives too. So earlier I read this scripture. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. You know, if we let him, he will steal our identity, he will kill our drive, and he will destroy our dreams. Because whatever we don't address, we endorse. So, whatever you don't address in your life, if you don't put aside that filthiness, an overflow of wickedness, you endorse it. And life with God is a life of abundance. I don't know what your biokinetics is or what your ministry is, but God is waiting to take you from where you are to where you should be. You simply need to reply. If we don't address things in our life, and we simply, simply let them be, they will continue to grow. And in James, it's that I just read, it says, lay aside all those things. And then it says, and I really like this, receive with meekness, teachability and humility, the implanted word which will save your soul. Let that word grow in you, implanted in your heart. Water it and nurture it and start acting out on what the Word is telling you. Earlier I said we use prayer as a crutch. We often say, I will pray about it. But what does God's Word already say about it? Many times we already know what we need to do. Many times it's not the fact that we don't know, it's the fact that we do know. And it scares us. So life with God is exciting because it scares us. Notice I keep repeating is it, it's exciting. It's exciting because you see so many great things happen before your very eyes. And you know it's not you. But instead, it's God Almighty working through you. So I hope that tonight, if you didn't take anything from this word, you take this. Start acting out on what the Lord has told you to do. And let Him do the rest. Cool. Can I pray? Thank you, Father, that you are faithful to complete the good work that you have started in us. So I pray, Lord, that each of, it, each of us here, that you will start to highlight something that we need to address or give to you. And that you will give us the wisdom on how to act upon it. And that we will not simply be hearers of the word, but that we will be doers of the word. That we will not, learn, we will not continue to play Christian, but that we will con start to step out and be followers of Christ in all that we do. That we will be your hands and we will be your feet. That we will live an exciting life, an abundant life with you. In Jesus' name.
Amen.